0: Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast for independent creators. I'm Susan Bond, uh, the founder of Bet On Yourself and the host of Indie Dotes. Today I have uh, Jim Gay on the podcast. And uh, Jim is the author of Clean Ruby, the DSL, Ruby DSL handbook, and is a trainer and a consultant. Um, welcome to the show, Jim.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So um, Jim has been on his own for nine years, uh, working for himself, and has been, you know, when did you create your first product?
1: Uh, Wow, that's a good question. I think it was around, my first failed product was probably around 2008 or so, Um, but it wasn't until I had an actual successful product in a totally different, or, well, I guess a very different area was... um, Man, 2011, I think. Wow, I
0: love that. First failed product.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's important. Uh, You know, I think just product building in general, people will try all kinds of different things and see how it goes. And, you know, at the time I thought, oh, this is it. This is absolutely going to be what I'm going to do. And then you discover things as you go. And so it, um, you know. I I learned that it's not quite what you think.
0: Isn't it funny when I, um, so I've been independent off and on for, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 years at this point. My first product that I ever created was, uh, I wrote an ebook on intuition back in 2005. Right. right. When people were just starting to talk about passive income and I thought this was it. I spent a year working on it. I had potential publishers interested, decided to work, you know, do it for myself. And, you know, of course, that was a different time. Right. When there weren't a lot of. Right. Um, you know, t- don't even talk to me about Square or any of those things. I mean, And that was a very different place at the time. Uh, you know, and it did relatively OK, given, you know, the circumstances. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I kind of consider it one of my field project products too. So, and I learned a lot from it. So I'm, I, I relate with that.
1: Yeah, I think there's a really important part of uh, building products is deciding to just go with something, you know, and um, it's okay that it fails uh, as long as you're not putting too much effort into it. I mean, it really hurts if you put a lot of effort into something and, and it fails, but if you manage to try something out faster, um, that's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and you learn so much about yourself, your interests, what you really like to do and what you're really thinking about too, right, when you create a product.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and so um, you made uh, clean Ruby first, right? And then you made a Ruby DSL handbook.
1: Correct. That's right.
0: And when was the Ruby DSL handbook published?
1: Uh, shoot, you know, now I've forgotten. Um, I think that was in 2015.
0: Okay. Okay. And, um, and Clean Ruby was published in 2012?
1: 2012, yeah.
0: 2012, yeah, I got it. And so when you wrote those books, um... I don't need numbers, but how were you making your money? Were you were you making most of your money from products and things, or more from like consulting, like maybe Hands On Keyboard or something like that?
1: Definitely consulting, Hands On Keyboard. Um, those products, the, the first one, Clean Ruby, really drove out of my experiences, and uh, you know I had seen other people write. Uh, books and I thought, oh, I could do that, and so I was really interested in particular um, ideas and uh, decided, well, I, I I need this for my work, uh, so I'm just going to start uh, writing about it. And I would do that, you know, I, I was working during the day for a client and really lighting the candle at both ends, um, just on their project, not even really taking into account the fact that I would have to I would have to go home and uh, continue working and researching and doing whatever I needed to do. I was on a project where the timeline was fast. We need to get things done quickly. And it was bill whatever hours, just get it done. Um, which was good at the time, you know, I could try to save money and, and build up my income. Um, and I was motivated, so that's one of the nice things. I, I liked what I was studying for my product and it applied to my daily work, um, so that was really good. I was able to think through problems and consider the impact of them as I was doing research. Um, but I lost a lot of sleep, you know, I would just from the client alone and then I would come home and I would work on my own thing. and. Um, Uh, that was for clean Ruby, and then DSL, the Ruby DSL handbook, which was a much faster thing, it still came from a lot of the experience I had, explaining how things worked and how to build things to other developers that I realized, you know what, this is a useful, the knowledge I have is a really useful bit of information, I could turn this into a a product, and I did that on a way faster scale, it was direct from experience, there wasn't a lot of research, I knew exactly what to do, um, and the you know, I was able to turn the product around really quickly.
0: Well, yeah, and I imagine that as you're, you know, building products means you know you need to have some sort of, um, you, you need to have some promotion channels, right? You need to have some ways to share it, and and I know that you spent some time, um, you know, building up your list and getting folks on your list, right? So you were blogging, you were sending out email newsletters, you had a course, all that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, definitely, I. I, I had done blogging before I was ever really thinking about products. When I started blogging, it was, um, I don't know, I guess I just enjoyed it. Um, but I was also doing some consulting work and at the time had a company of three people. And so we would blog about things that we were doing, whatever we were working on. And that's always good to have you know people be able to go, potential customers be able to go and see that you can speak eloquently about a problem and possibly understand the solutions to them. And uh, so that's good. But at a certain point I yeah began collecting email addresses and then I would send the blog post out directly to people rather than just you know putting it online and hoping somebody picked it up um, or, you know, contacting a podcast or somebody or a forum and posting it there. Um, yeah, so I I was able to build up interest in clean ruby when i was working on it but then when i had learned a whole lot about maybe being faster with my my development effort for a product um, i also already had this established list of customers and people who were interested in hearing what i had to say to say hey i have a new product that you might find interesting and so they already had this you know level of trust with me that i'm going to give them good stuff and so when it came to the second product it was just a a much easier launch.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. We think a lot about writing, you know, writing the the book or creating the product if it's a video series or whatever it is. Um, but just as important and maybe just as hard is also building up the things that support it to get it out in the world.
1: Yeah. I kind of wish I had known early on the steps, you know, like someone had just said, first do this. It's free. Sign up, you know, like sign up with, uh, uh, at the time I was using campaign monitor and they you could sign up and set it up and even play around with it and it wouldn't cost you anything. I know MailChimp has like a, you know, you can send a certain number of, of emails to people without any cost. So there's things you can do, like just try it, set it up, and they give you the HTML and JavaScript or whatever you need to paste a signup form on your site. And you can literally just do that. And if, nobody's interested, then you won't get any, any signups. And then like, okay, you know, experiment finished. Now I know nobody wants to hear about that.
0: Right. Experimentation is so important, right? I think a lot of us get scared about it being perfect or what if, or maybe we, we hold our idea too close so we don't experiment enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, I really love that. And so, um, you know, because because I know you, I know uh, you know full disclosure. Jim and I, um, Jim is a client of mine, and so we uh, we've worked together. So I know a little bit more about Jim than um, than probably I would my other guests. I'm not that creepy and stalk them off, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess um, I know that. You know, there was a point where you were really doing a lot to blog and work on your list and, and send, 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 send stuff out, right? Send You know, creating courses and whatnot, like I talked about. And then there was a point at which it stopped and you went kind of dark. And I'm curious. I want, I'd love to talk about that what happened like you're you're doing all this stuff you've had some success and then because i think it's common i don't i I don't mean to sound like you're the only person i actually think it's common for a lot of us we get into a flow and then something happens and we fall out of it or we go dark and i'm curious like what happened for you
1: so for me my the format that i would take with my newsletter was such that i wanted people to be able to read it quickly and because it was about code I wanted them to read it and be able to see something they could do right now, today, at work, and try it out. And it wouldn't really take a whole lot of effort. wouldn't take a lot of um, research or experimentation beyond what I've given them on, on their part. And I got pretty good at that, but it would take me a really long time to winnow things down into a really digestible little format. And I would, you know, write one blog post. Um, and then a week later I would have the next one out and a week later I would have the next one out um, and I wasn't really able to keep up that pace I probably had convinced myself that people expected a certain thing from me ah. when maybe they didn't
0: yeah can you say what do you mean about that like that they what that they expected a certain thing
1: well I would get feedback from people that they really liked my blog posts I would you know, put it on different sites, uh, aggregator sites, where other developers would look and 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 read about it or they'd leave comments where it was really good um, or, you know, I mentioned on Twitter or something like that and, and people would, would talk about it. Um, and I felt like, how do I keep that up? Every single time I had a good success, I was happy, but what if my next one is terrible? And so I would take right. my time thinking too much about what I should say really trying very hard to fit the same mold that I had, which I think people really enjoyed. I actually got a lot of feedback where people would say to me, you know what, I love your newsletters because you give me uh, something I can try right away, which is my whole goal. But that's not to say that they wouldn't value other things. And so I think because I didn't know or I convinced myself that Something other than exactly what I was doing would be successful, uh, uh, would be unsuccessful. That I just wouldn't ever try it, and so I tried very hard to continue doing something that just took me a long time. And you know, when you, yeah, what is it? There's a, like a Mark Twain quote about you know I would have written a, a shorter letter, but I didn't <laughs> have the time.
0: Yes, yes. yes. Well, right. and and I also hear. I mean, so so you're you know not only are you you promoting these products and writing all these blog posts and coming up with these really useful. Uh, blog posts for folks you're also working full-time as a consultant right you know um and I what you said something that you said is very interesting to me which is that you know you felt like I almost felt like this pressure almost like it can become like a treadmill uh right like a little hamster wheel you're just keep trying to keep running on it yeah um and so what happened when you when you actually stopped? Was it that, was a conscious going dark, I need a break? Or did it just sort of happen like you don't write a week and then another week goes by and another week goes by? You know what I mean?
1: So I, I it's probably, it's definitely both. Um, I know when I was researching Clean Ruby, I was working on a project where, this was back in 2009, I think. Uh, 2010, it took me a long time to really do a lot of research on that topic before it turned into a product. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, the markets kind of didn't do well, and we, we were on like the later wave where clients would call and say, hey, yeah, we're not going to do that big project anymore. Um, and so times were really tough. Um, And so I was working on a project. I had picked up a project, and they basically needed as much work as possible. And so I did that, and I worked and worked and worked, and I researched, and it was great. But I had two, at the time, kids at home, and they were very young. And and so I would work very long days and then not see my kids at the end of the day. And so that was really tough. Um, But then over time, like, you know, I, I made my products, and I would write And I would convince myself that I needed to do a particular thing and not get into it. And um, there were other things that came into it. I was still in the habit of working a lot. And I would write a lot. And I think um, I didn't exercise enough. And I didn't get enough sleep. And I would be a cranky father and husband. And it was just generally kind of a bad situation. I was trying to do so much that I was uh, neglecting all kinds of things at home. And um, I wanted to be a good husband, I wanted to be a good father. And so at a certain point I remember, but like I have a set of pants, there's several pairs of pants that I don't really wear that often at the time, didn't really wear that often. And I needed to go somewhere with a nice looking pair of pants and I put them on and they didn't fit. And I was like, oh great. And then I, uh, that's those used to be tight. (laughs) Now I'll pull another one out and that didn't fit. And I was like, oh, well, thinking to myself, I at the time I was in, I think I might have just turned 35 or 36, like I'm in my mid-30s, I guess I'm just getting old, this is what happens. And that, that thought just kind of stewed in my brain for a while, and I felt bad, like I, this can't be it. And so um, my wife had the habit of getting up every morning at 5.30 and exercising, and I thought it was crazy when she started doing it, but then I realized, you know what, if I'm... If I want to connect with my wife, I should go do the same thing that she does, um, you know, if I'm working so much or if I want to fit pairs of pants um, that I have, I should get up and go and do that. And so I decided I am going to go to bed earlier. I am going to get up and I'm going to exercise. And if I can't find the time to write, I'm not going to. And so I sort of made this Ah. conscious decision to value my health and well-being over the writing, which was really good. I'm not unhappy at all that I did well, that.
0: Yeah yeah, I I, mean, I think it makes sense. So I, I got it. So there was this whole there was it sounds like this period of time where just life was really on full tilt and you were able to keep it up and then there just came to a point where you you really had to start value like you said, you had to start valuing your health over. Um, over, you know, overwriting, and so is that, was that the beginning, you, you know, you it sounds like there was a time you went into, you know, working out and then you you started writing less.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, my products had been, had had pretty good successful launches. I hadn't taken the time to figure out how do I keep launching it, how do I keep writing, how do I keep, you know, staying in, in touch with everybody who's interested um and because i didn't have that habit in a way that was easy to manage yeah i just there were other personal decisions that i had to make that ultimately were way better for me than pushing too hard for too long you know keep continuing to right. go that forced me into a situation where i had to you know look back now i'm healthy i i work uh, i work out in the morning i i get plenty of sleep um And I, you know, serve my clients well, and I'm trying to build my business as best I can. Um, But I'm a good father, I'm a good husband, and I work hard at being those things. Um, But I would look back and think, man, I used to write often, I used to go and do conference presentations, and I used to be involved in all these other things. There are aspects of that that I really miss. And I think if I did those things, my business would take off in different ways and, and
0: sometimes balance can look full-throttled and you know it looks all different sorts of ways and so I think what you're talking to part two is like it's hard to balance um, you know things that you know building a business while you have you know or, you know building you know book writing books and products while you have full-time clients and you also have you know a family that a young family that need that needs you and so you know so you so you you went you made this conscious choice eventually you know to say I'm going to get up early I'm going to start working out in a lot of ways that was good but the the side effect of that was that your site went dark and how for how long was your site dark
1: oh god um you know
0: like let's say email newsletters or blog posts or whatever those things
1: a long time probably two years I mean at least a year and a half.
0: Yeah, a long time, right? And that that's that's a really long time. And so when you decided, well, you know, I, I could hear in there the decision to get started again, right? Which was, you know, okay, I, I these would be good for me, good for my business. I'm, I I'm ready to, you know, my health is I'm I'm doing good with my health, right? Like you you, you have that net habit really uh, you know, nailed down, right? right. You know, it was a really a strong habit for you. It wasn't going to get, you know, said to the wayside uh again. And so I'm curious about, you know, what was it like getting restarted again with, uh, you know, writing again and connecting with your audience again after a year and a half or so off.
1: Uh, well, I mean, before I started really doing it, it was awful. It was really hard. Um, what when was I hard?
0: tell people, like, what was hard about it?
1: Uh, multiple things. You know, I it's w- when you're not in the habit. You um, don't know what to say. I mean, it's like the world is your oyster. You have no restrictions on what you can or can't do. And so now go write something. It's like, uh. Right. Um, So that's really hard.
0: Uh, Right, because you didn't have a book you were trying to promote. You weren't working on another book. You could have written about anything, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's that can be paralyzing, right? And we really think choice is awesome, but as we, you know, the paradox of choice and other books have shown, it can be very overwhelming.
1: Yeah. Plus, you know, I didn't really have a very good cadence uh, in terms of a variety of what I was writing about and how I was writing. Yeah. Uh, in my newsletters, because I was used to I write these things, and each one will build on the other. And then, you know, I, I might be done with a series, but then I'll start again on a new thing, and. Most of my emails were like, well, the last time I wrote to you, I talked to you about XYZ. Now we're going to see how to do, you know, and then after two years, how do you say, well, two years ago, I wrote to you about this. (laughs) Uh, You remember
0: that post? I'm sure you remember. You put that code into use. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's hard, right? I mean, I think that you know, we're talking about writing again after being, you know, after doing it regularly and getting back on, it's hard to restart something. It's really, really challenging too, right? Like not only is there like the world is your oyster, you have so many choices. Um, But I I, I wonder if there, I suspect that there are other pieces of it, right? Were there any sort of like worrying about failure or, you know, managing, balancing time or any other concerns that came with that?
1: Uh yeah you know uh, rebuilding the habit was probably my most difficult functional problem, you know, in terms of managing time and figuring out how to go about it. Um, mm. I guess maybe you know, like tactical like I, I I needed to make time, I needed to have regular time every week or. Every day, or whatever it needed to be, and I just wasn't. I w- it was kind of at a point where I was thinking, okay, I need I need to write an article, what do I write about and I think about it too long, and then I wouldn't make time. you know, I wouldn't clear my schedule so that I had time to just do it, even if it was a first initial set of phrases, not even a draft, like just what do I what am I gonna say? what's important? and and um, I just never sat down to do that. Um, but when I finally, got to the point where I was able to think about, well, what do I do in my daily work? What other people struggle with? What is relevant to the people that are, you know, things that I've written about in the past, things people are interested in hearing about from me, I was able to at least sit down and begin thinking through, okay, you know, take the time, I have time on the calendar, begin writing. Um, And I think... That was that was the big challenge for me, just the the scheduling. Uh, But like
0: habits are hard. Can we can we pause for a second and talk about habits? What did you take with you from that habit? You must have had some habit. Like what was the habit that helped you to start working out every day? Get up with your wife, right? Do it like first thing is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, so the thing that really worked well for me was i had to be there in time for class like if you sign up for a gym or you decide to go run you just go whenever and there's no thing that makes you do it at a certain time um, and when i had to make the class it was an hour long you know we warm up do whatever do our workout and then you were o- it was over and you'd go home that just made me do something every day, or every other day, or well, whatever it was.
0: Accountability is powerful, isn't it? Right, yeah. like that you ha- you sign up and you have to be there, and you put some money against it, so right, uh, you know, you really want to you want you want to go there. So it sounds like accountability was really helpful for you in. And also, I'm wondering, did you have a particular schedule that you would go to the gym to, to CrossFit or no? Was it?
1: Yeah, for me, it was 7:30 uh, in the morning. So my wife, they, they at the time, every, they had every day. Not, no, I couldn't handle it every day. Um, I know,
0: I'm like, I think it's pretty intense. Like, most people, I think, do two or three times a week.
1: So I do, uh, now, it's been like three years for me, and now I do it pretty much every day, or every day that I can. Um, And, but no, at the time, being, you know, slightly overweight and totally out of shape and not sleeping enough, there's no, like, I couldn't handle it. I I nearly died on my first workout. Um, But... Just being, just you know, knowing that I was going to go, and the fact that my wife went regularly, like, how terrible would it be if I, you know, got like a month's membership and then canceled and I'm like, oh, it's not for me. I'm gonna, you know, sit on my butt on my couch. <laughs> and then, you know, one of the benefits was I could talk to her about it because she would do whatever workout it was in the morning, and then I would do it, and we could be like, oh, that was tough, or that was great, or this was, you know, I I managed to achieve this or whatever. And if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have that camaraderie with her over some non-child related event. Um,
0: yeah, I love that. I mean, you know, I, I feel like what you're saying is like you had some accountability, you had a schedule, and then you had something that like was bigger. You know, you had ta- there was like a bigger something like in this case, it was your relationship and that yeah. sort of, you know, helped you. Like I'm not curious about getting back started again, because that's really, to me, the most interesting Um, It's hard, right, when you get, you know, again, you got started with the the working out. I want to get, because of, you know, Indie Dotes is about independent creators. I want to talk about getting started again after you stopped writing. So, did you use any of those techniques? Um,
1: You know, before I had, uh, I had quit writing and I had chosen, you know, sleep and exercise and I was totally fine with that and that was good. But then over time, it's like, okay, well, there's nothing making me go back to thinking about myself and my business in a different way. And so just the habit of thinking about who I am, what I do, what my customers have liked and enjoyed from me in the past, that sort of began. It took a long time for me, I, I feel like. Um, but... It eventually got to the point where I was like, okay, I could write about these things. The things that I'm, I could have a reply. Well, someone wrote a blog post about this. I think it's interesting because I can write from this perspective. Um, and just the, the starting of getting something on the calendar, you know, it's kind of like that uh, exercise regimen. There's no way. I, I would have not been able to get up in the morning had I tried to go like seven days a week or even five days a week. I had to go, you know, twice a week and that was all I could do. And over time, it went from just this once-a-week thing of me thinking about it to, like, okay, once a week I'm, I'm talking about it, then I'm also writing, and then I have, you know, five days a week I'm, I'm taking time out of my day and I'm spending more things on it. Like, I, you kind of build up the momentum, you build up That's your capacity, true. both physically when you exercise, but also when you're mentally challenging yourself to think about different things and, and consider your business and customers.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, getting started is the hardest part. I feel like, right? And I think we set a lot of huge goals for ourselves, and you know, and and it and it wasn't it wasn't easy, right? So, um, so I, uh, I want to ask something that I I have I have privileged information about. I know that when you got started again, because I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what happens after you take a break. Let's say in from blogging and reaching out to your audience. In this case, what happens? And I know because I was involved that um, it wasn't in particularly easy, right? So when you, what happens when you start up that blog again and you write to your subscribers after they haven't heard from you in a year and a half, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's funny. So I this really is pretty recent story. I can't remember when I first. I think it was this year, and now we're in the middle of the year, recording this. Um, But I when I first wrote, um, it was really hard knowing what to say. How do I give people something valuable that they'll feel like, oh, I'm so glad I forgot I was on this list. I'm so glad I'm still on it. But there's also people who you know just. Quickly unsubscribed, and you know unsubscribes are—they happen. Um, but also, there's that fearful moment at the early part when you've done nothing for two years, where uh-oh, are, is everyone just gonna be like, yeah it's not worth my time? And you know, you kind of think through all the worst case scenarios. It wasn't as bad nearly as I thought it was gonna be, but surely there were some people who were just like, nah, I'm I'm good, and uh, who knows why? I nah, haven't, you know, I'm it, good. It, well, it,
0: it's hard, right? Too, because two years is stale, right? Yeah, Like, actually, really, six months is pretty darn... For anybody, I don't mean that... that, Right. You know, it's really hard, too. I mean, not only mentally, you have to, like, prepare yourself that you might lose a lot of people, and how are they going to respond, and how do I talk to them about it?
1: Right. Yeah, it's... uh, I was glad to begin writing again. Um, It's kind of hard to know, because when you have a flow in writing regularly people will write back to you every so often I didn't really get a whole lot of replies but I got enough to know that I would strike nerves and yeah. know that people were really interested in either controversial ideas that are brought up brought up or um, or you know the techniques that I would teach and that they found them useful um, but when you've been stale and uh, you begin writing you know, the first several articles really, I, I, I don't know, maybe other people's experiences are different. I didn't have anyone who said, oh, thank God, I'm so glad you're writing again. It's, you know, wonderful to have it back. Um, that didn't happen. It would have made me feel great, and I'm sure I'd be speaking right, differently like, about it. I miss
0: it. you so much. Right. Where have you been? <laughs> uh, but the people
1: were still there. You know, they were still reading, and you know, the the vast majority, by a large margin, didn't unsubscribe, and you know, they were happy to see it. I'm sure, and just not vocal. And so I just had to sort of regrow my confidence that. They were going to be happy with the stuff that I wrote. Um and I also did very try very hard mentally to think about it in terms of starting anew. Like, yes, all of these people are receiving this uh, email, but I have to think about it in terms of the day, the first day I sent out my first newsletter and I had twelve people on my list. That's how I had to think. I, I couldn't worry about whether or not there were 10,000 or 100,000. You know, I just had to write right. and I had to keep going and good, give them good content.
0: Well, and I think that's such an important point because, you know, you had lists into the thousands. And, and there definitely can be a pressure, right? Like, yeah, oh, man, I built this up and now I'm going to lose them. And there can be a lot of mind games about you know, getting restarted, especially when you, you know, had built something up and then, you know, uh, had to set it aside for a while. Um, and I love what you said about making sure to create good content. And so before, you know, you're focused on these, here's a piece of code, go try this, go do it. And you know, your strategy, you know, as I know changed, right. In terms of what you were writing. So that I feel like how was that part of, of the shift?
1: Uh, so I, I had to make a mental shift about, um, you know, what my audience might really want to read and how they might decide to hire me to bring, to, to you know, come in and train their teams. Because that's a thing that I've done in the past and really enjoyed it uh, several times. Um, but I need to, you know, I'm not just selling books. I'm selling other types of things as well. And so how do I get them to think about that? Because mostly the the code stuff... Uh, was pretty good for selling books but um, maybe not so much you might not read it and think oh let's hire this person to come in and train our entire team how to work together better and how to you know come up with new approaches to what we do Um, so I needed to begin down a new path of talking to the managers who who coordinate teams and and think about hiring and improving their people and um, you know, I, 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 if I have something like that to sell or to offer to potential clients, I need to begin talking about it. So that was kind of a scary thing for me. Like people yeah, in my mind wanted my technical tips, but that was just really because I had always written that. Um,
0: isn't that so interesting? It's cause like, that's what you'd already always written. And then to switch, to turn away from that can, can be really pretty Scary, right? You don't know. It's risk It feel can it can feel really risky.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. In fact, I I don't know that I ever wrote a newsletter. Maybe one. Um, my yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't know that I prior to this year probably. I don't know that I ever really wrote a newsletter that went out that didn't have here's something you can do right now in your code. Um, Wow,
0: that's pretty significant
1: It was, it was really And you know, when I began releasing those newsletters I thought, well, here comes the deluge of, you know, unsubscribes Mm -hmm. But it didn't happen
0: right? Yeah Yeah. That's that's the fear Uh Yeah
1: Um, It didn't happen In fact, you know, there were people who uh, I would see on forums Wherever I would post things Who would say, oh, that was a really interesting article Or they would maybe not reply back to me who posted it, but they might get in the conversation themselves about what it was and how they, you know, operate or what they do, and so that was good, Um, it kind of revealed to me that I thought I knew a lot about my audience, but I really didn't, and it's kind of funny because I really had no reason to think what I thought, I just happened to assume it based upon what I always did.
0: Oh my God. I, I I cannot underline that. If this were, if we were on a piece of paper or a whiteboard, I would like underline and circle that, right? It's like, <laughs> right. how many times have we all done that? We keep doing the thing that we've been doing and we then think, well, oh, that's just the way the world is, the way that the world is for me, or that's the way that my audience is or what they want.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, so it was mostly, I'm sure more of a challenge for me to change to writing about other stuff. It could still be technical, but it might just involve um, how teams work together, or you know, how how you run a business, or how you manage things. And um, it was a bigger challenge for me to make that change than it was for anybody receiving the newsletter. is you know? so
0: funny? We yeah. like telegraph our own fears. I, I think a therapist call that transference. Like we put them onto our audience. You know, like the audience is not gonna like this. Right. <laughs> yeah and we think that's the truth which
1: which is the death knell i mean that's really probably what played a whole lot into me losing momentum in writing because i'm sure there were plenty of things i could have said during those during that two-year quiet time that i didn't because i thought well it's not my typical technical you know go try this in your code newsletter
0: isn't that so fascinating that we can look back and, and see that now? It really takes a new set of eyes. I mean, I feel like that's, there's part of, of how you came back is about habits for sure. I, f- I feel like you're such somebody who is really good with habits. Definitely. Um, that You know, you found systems that work for you that are really powerful. But there's also something in here about having to shift the way we were thinking about about it.
1: Yeah, I, I- I think so. I mean, it's, uh, so I'll say, you know, particularly helpful to me was when I was beginning to write again, and we would talk about the things that I was writing, and you were, you would be very frank reading over it, trying, trying hard to be diplomatic, you know, and, and, and not,
0: <laughs> trying hard. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't
1: like it was harmful in any way at all. It was just like, well, you know, this, why do I care about this? And those, those types of questions have to be asked because someone on the other end will say that exact thing when it lands in their inbox, like, why do I care about this? And so when you write, you have to get to the meat of the problem that people will care about. And so um, it was very helpful to be able to you know, write out something like, oh, look, there it is. It's, I'm all done. This is great. And you would read it and be like, well, yeah, I guess. I, I kind of get it. But what's this about or what's that about? And so it kind of <laughs> taught me to look at it from a different perspective and think, you know, in what order am I putting my prose? Like how do I introduce people to the problem and really connect with them early on so that they want to read it? Um, And that I managed to, you know, correct as I went on, I'm I'm still not great at it but it's something that I'm trying to improve and and I think it makes it way easier to realize that I have to really, really, really ask myself those stupid questions, the smack yourself on the head type of questions like why would I care about this? Because if I do make a shift to writing articles that don't have technical you know code samples in them um i will be confident that i've already thought through how this is valuable to somebody else
0: well right and they are quite different writing the 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 benefit of you know the benefits of like work through this code sample are baked into it right and then when we go outside and Write about something else as software developers do. I mean, writing about code is great, but sometimes there's other topics you might want to touch on.
1: Absolutely, you know,
0: team dynamics, or you know, broader philosophical issues of writing code, or um, you know, maintaining code, or things like that. Um, and that can be challenging. And I think sometimes even having an outside perspective, you know, it can be really helpful to us to help us see outside ourselves, especially when we're shifting something, right? Like when we're shifting not only from getting back after being dark, but also shifting the way that our content, what our content is. Um, I think getting, you know, getting outside perspective or help can just sometimes help, whether that's like a book or a blog or just, you know, somebody looking at somebody else's work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really hard to... Um, solve your own problems, you know, uh, and so... <laughs> it so if, is, isn't it? If you can <laughs> oh somehow God. learn to do that, there's the, oh, gosh, you know, like the, the old idea of, like, the cobbler's children having no shoes. He spends uh, all day yes. making shoes for others, but, you know, his kids don't have any. And so I think it's the same type of thing. Like, I do software development, and my clients hire me to do that and to train their developers to do that better but well then I sit down and write about it. And am I really thinking about what the person on the other end, like I I do this all the time, but I go to do it for myself. And it's, um, uh, for some reason, difficult.
0: You know, a lot of experts get to that place like you do with software development, right? You don't even know how you do it sometimes. And so to pull it back and explain it and explain why you do it and the benefits of it are, can be incredibly hard.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a very good point. Um, and you, yeah, you, you know, at this point, I have to really sit back and think about um, talking to those people who might kind of know, uh, but need it to be spelled out for them. And because sometimes that will happen for me. Somebody will show me some new way of doing something, and I'll think, wow, why didn't I think about that? Because, you know, it's exactly what I needed, and yet here it is staring me in the face. And so I kind of have to be that for my audience say look you run into these problems this is what you can this is what you can do here there are multiple ways to solve it here's one way to do it and um, you know I would do that if I was writing code for someone I would do that if I was training them and I need to do that if I'm writing a newsletter to everyone on my list Um, yeah
0: yeah I mean it's definitely a challenge I feel like there were several challenges that you have you had to overcome in order to get back to successfully blogging now you're now you're, now you're writing more regularly right every two to three weeks or something like that right that's right yeah um there's a lot that you had to overcome right you know you know, getting back habits, shifting your, what you were writing about, you know, getting that, that mindset, you know, getting, um, figuring out how to write it in these different ways and taking all of the learning that you had, even in two years, you probably learned so much that you hadn't been writing about. It, so then you had to dig through two more years of learning to figure out how to talk to people about it. Absolutely. There's some obstacles there. I'm just, I'm just going to say. There's like a, <laughs> it's like a hurdle, and then another hurdle, and then like another one right after it. <laughs> yeah. And then you think you're in the home stretch, and no, nope, that was another hurdle. Um,
1: well, there's, some, you know, even, even in, in building the habits of providing time for myself to do these things, there's even ideas where I know I worked on a project like four years ago, and I thought, built, built a little tool that was useful for all the developers on the team and i thought i should write a blog post about this and then that was it and then i only recently did that and you know solved that problem uh, for that client and then did it in another place for another client in a very similar way and only recently decided oh i'm finally going to write about it because i had the habits i had built up the my ability to you know persevere under the stresses of having Family and needing to sleep and needing to exercise and and take care of myself so Obviously the building of habits for me was really important because even though I had Ideas and I had things to teach that I knew were there. I still wasn't doing it Um, So there was you know for me. It was like a journey of figuring out how do I? harvest all the stuff that I've grown in my mind um, over the years and, and creating, creating my timeline and my calendar of, of abilities to do that gave me a way of harvesting that good information and then there were other things of determining that I actually don't know what I think I know about my audience and I can write new things and there are other ideas that I didn't even realize that I had that are valuable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I mean, it, it, it's such a process, isn't it? It's. it's uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do think that going back to what you said much earlier on about exercise, I feel like building those habits what was helpful for you to get back on the horse and start writing again and here's the interesting thing i just went to the convert kit conference that's nathan barry's conference it's called craft and commerce it's not actually a convert conference but uh craft and commerce conference is was had a bunch of great speakers seth godin um james clear amongst uh you know many others um, melissa griffin and james clear said something about habits that Has actually really changed the way I think about a lot of things. We all know writing, like, you know, like, for example, write every day, right? Like, Mm -hmm. write every day or do something every single day, like uh, work out every day, whatever. Um, But the interesting thing he said was, yes, you know, do it every day. But the real trick of of people who keep up consistent habits, whatever they were, was that they never skipped twice. Mm. So, You know, for example, like I was doing daily yoga and I did it for 75 days in a row after not having done it for years. I did it for 75 days in a row and then I fell off because I was traveling, Um, you know, I was was traveling and it was really challenging On one of the days I just could not manage to, to squeeze it in even though even 10 minutes and then I skipped the next day. And then I skipped the next day and I got back to it, but I, I was not anywhere near as consistent. And I recognized that what he said was if you and I, I saw this in myself, what he said was if you get off track with a habit that you're doing, let's say daily or even weekly, um, get back on the next one. Skip one and that's fine. Don't beat yourself up, but just get back on.
1: Right. I think that is probably some of the best advice to not get into the stale (laughs) valley of death that I had. I mean,
0: (laughs) I hear you, right? I was in the stale valley of death with my yoga practice and it changes my life, right? Yeah. I, I changed my, when I heard that from him, I just thought, oh my gosh, that was the most powerful thing I heard at the craft and commerce conference that I'm, I'm taking with me now with every single habit that I do.
1: It's, I don't know. I'm the type of person, I don't know what your listeners are like, but I'm the type of person who thrives under pressure. Mm, Um, When I have a lot to do, I manage to fit it all in. But if I don't have a lot to do, I manage not to. (laughs) Um,
0: I totally know how that feels.
1: Yeah. And so for me, the time constraints of at least my weekly regular writing habits, I had to have something done. And there have definitely been times when I've had to skip uh, just life happens, you know. Some crazy event will happen, and and that that weekend day that you had, you know, three hours planned, all of a sudden you're, you know, in the auto shop or or at a, you know, uh, an event for your kids or something. Or, there, like that. or
0: there's or there's a you know a bug in the code and everything goes down and you just have to right. You have to drop things. Yeah,
1: those things happen. Um, so I think for me, jumping back onto the wagon uh, is really the most important thing, coupled with recognizing that I don't know a lot about my audience, and, and by trying new things with them, I can actually learn a lot more, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I I had I knew what I needed to write to them. I knew the, the process or the um, format that I needed to write, and that me knowing ended up being me never writing. And so now that I'm experimenting a little bit more, I'm realizing people are actually valuing this, the stuff that I'm saying, and I don't have to have code in every single article. Um, and so that mm. those two things, like I feel way more confident knowing now that I can learn more about my audience by trying different things. Um, it's still on the same topic and still relevant to what they do, um, but it's not the exact same repetitive format. Um, it's going to be way easier for me to get back on the wagon you know if i fall uh, off and like i a, realize yeah,
0: in the future like to not skip twice it's easier now is that what you're
1: absolutely saying? absolutely yeah i mean if i have a reason or even if my reason is i just i'm not sure what to write about i have multiple ideas or i don't have any ideas i can at least spend some time thinking through them feel okay i will uh you know take this one this week off and skip a week And I'll get back to it in terms of releasing, you know, it's still, I would still make the time to write and to think and to figure it out. But I would at least feel like I have something to talk about and I can certainly come up with a thing to say that will be valuable to people that doesn't have to fit the mold.
0: Yeah, it's so fascinating and just, you know, it brings it all back down around to mindset and the way that we look at things right? Like, like for instance, the fact that you shifted up the way that what you could write about to your audience. And you shifted your mindset on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, changing my mind about uh, who I was and who, w- what sorts of people were actually reading. Um, you know, I went in and managed to get information about the the, the people who were on my list. Who are they? What companies do I work for? You know, are they listed on their website as managers and just like doing a cursory search for who these people are or who clicks the most or who opens the most um, gave me a, a fresher perspective on um, exactly, you know, who they are and, and, and I could compare it to what I thought was actually happening. Um, and so I, it.
0: it yeah, it was like a, almost like a check against the mental, the mindset yeah. or mental model you had.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, I,
0: again, I, outside perspective, right? Looking at your list is outside perspective, right? Like what's actually happening? Yeah, that's
1: of- a really good point. That's a really good point because I had to definitely change my mindset about who I was and what I could say to them and how we could interact together.
0: I love that. I, I, you know, I, I kind of want to end on that, like that idea of identity. Who am I and what can I say to people? What am I all about? That is so... I feel like it's uh, overlooked a lot, you know, in projects. But there's a lot of stuff that's wrapped up in our identity and how it can slow us down, our perceptions of who we are.
1: I I totally agree because who I was, I you know, I was the guy who wrote the short, right. easy to read articles,
0: right? Like, like that was like stamped on you, and like right. that was it. Like you're that's that you're that like toy out of the factory or whatever, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. <laughs> what I write about now. Actually ties in better to the things that I do anyway i mean my yep. my book was about teaching people to think differently about their code, my first book, mm. and the way I would write was just about the the minutiae of of uh, code and what what to write and so now I have a broader understanding of like what, what do people really value and what they need to think about on their own. Yeah, maybe they don't have a tool that they can try and do right in their code right now, but they might need to think about this for the next week or two week with their team mm. so that they can improve differently in different areas.
0: Well, what I'm hearing is you went from, you know, this stamp down you like, I give a you know a specific tool you can put into use to, I help people think differently, which is so much more expansive of an identity, right? I mean, you can do so much with that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So
0: thank you so much for being on the show. I really, uh, I really appreciate it.
1: I had fun. Thank you.